Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you as always for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 359. We're talking Meet the Team with Katie O'Hara. Tell your best story, episode number 18. I'm going to say it every every single time we do these Meet the Teams. Some of my favorite episodes thus far. We've only done a few of them, but introducing you to all the amazing humans that actually do the work that is best served is, is such an honor for me. I am grateful, as always, to be able to spend so much time with all of you, hundreds and hundreds of episodes now, to be able to interact, to be able to communicate. And uh, and that's amazing and fun, and I love it. And I know that none of this happens without the amazing people that we've been able to surround ourselves with at Best Served. And specifically, this kind of like part of Meet the Team, you're, you're getting to meet some of the great writers, great uh, editors, publishers that have been working on the 86-86-86 challenge. And so today, Katie O'Hara, somebody who, uh, well, you don't need to hear it from me. Katie, let's bring Katie on in here. Katie, good to see you. Hi, good to see you, Jensen. All right. So I want to talk about a few things with you today. I want to give people just an idea of kind of your trajectory. So many of us kind of find ourselves in different ways in this industry. We love it. We hate it. We get in it, into it. We get out of it. We get back into it. And so I think that sets a really good framework for kind of why you do what you do. Definitely want to talk about your writing specifically and how that's been such an amazing both professional and personal outlet for you. And then talk about the 86-86 challenge specifically. But let's start out. You and I go back at least 10 years, right, to the tag restaurant days. Uh, especially uh, Mitchell, our good, your good friend, my younger yes. brother. I think we're roommates for like a little while. Uh, Andrew Parr and our team, basically the two of you are like are like surrogate siblings, it seems like. And so uh, we've crossed paths a lot. This is actually the first time that we've crossed paths professionally. So excited about that. But take us back a little bit. Kind of when did you first find your way into the hospitality industry? Yeah. So um, like you said, it was 10 years ago. Um, it was summer 2011 and I had graduated college like six months prior. Um, and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. My best friend, Molly Willard, shout out to her, yes. um, was a hostess at TAG and she brought me in. And I had had a job since I was 12 years old working in my stepdad's um, Western store. Um, so, you know, uh, retail, hospitality. Mm -hmm. um, I had never done restaurant industry stuff. So, and tag is definitely more a little fine dining, fast paced. Sure. Um, so I just got thrown into the wolves and I- That's a rude awakening for a first restaurant. Oh my God. <laughs> high expectation, high volume, like high caliber, all of that. So what, what was it like those, those early days? M Molly take you under the wing at the host stand? Oh, of course. Yeah. She taught me everything that I know. Um, it was fucking hard. It was so yeah. hard. And I would, 
at the end of every shift, I would feel like I had just blacked out and I had no idea what had just happened, but I loved it. And I loved it so much. In fact, I wanted to learn everything. Um, I started busing as well, food running. Um, I eventually, under Andrew's super supervision at a different restaurant, I started serving as well. Um, but yeah, at TAG, it started with hosting and, and busing, food running. Um, I then, I went on to a few other restaurants. The next one was Legrand where I met Andrew. And like mm -hmm. you said, we are kind of siblings. Um, we coined the term team Opar. <laughs> Perfect. When, yes. When he was managing and I was lead hostess, nothing ever went wrong. We're amazing together. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, I also worked at some dive bars doing like beer tub stuff, bartending. Um, I stayed in the industry forever. I mean, I still actually work um, at a champagne bar, Corridor 44 in Larimer Square, um, yeah, occasionally, yeah. not not as often, but I was in it very consistently for probably five or six years. Mm -hmm. uh, and it started out for me as just something to do and to hold me over until I found like my real job. Yeah. And yeah, it, like so many of us, I think, start out that way. And then the more I was in it and kind of in the trenches and in the different, you know, positions and different restaurants. I learned more from my time in restaurants than I think I've learned in anything else in life, college included. Yeah. Um, it's like a microcosm of the world at large. It's like a microcosm of, of capitalism, the best and worst of it. It's a microcosm of, of humanity, the best and worst of it. Microcosm of interpersonal team dynamics, all of these things you learn. I absolutely believe that we should have, you know, when you turn 18, there's like compulsory uh, hospitality work because you can always tell those people who come in who just are total assholes and you just know they've never worked in a restaurant. They don't understand what it takes to like bring that level of service, hospitality and food day in and day out. It's such a grind, such a struggle. And so when we hear essential, we call them indispensable. Essential doesn't even begin to cover it. And so I think that's a unique aspect. And yeah, you learn a lot of what not to do absolutely but you definitely learn everything under the sun and uh, and we also get in this industry pretty young so it's very formative years as well and so i think that creates a strength and a vulnerability so uh, appreciate that now now the writing right the writing's yeah. been an undercurrent it's been a part of you you know and then now you're like really making a shift with with kto creative to start really looking at writing professionally and doing copywriting and and all these different elements Kind of when and how did the transition happen? And I asked for a couple of reasons. One, I'm just interested to find out from you. But two, a, I think a lot of us kind of are like, there's something else that's in us on top of restaurants. And sometimes it's hard to make that shift. I hear from people all the time that they're like, it's all that I know. And then I tell them all the things that they're good at in a restaurant and how amazingly transferable those skills are to this industry or that industry. So we don't understand, but for you, storytelling, writing, how did yes. that come about? How'd you make the transition? So honestly, I've been writing my entire life and that's always been my passion. And my whole life, whenever people would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or what would you do if money was not an object or, you know, whatever those questions mm -hmm. are, it was be a writer. I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> and I also didn't have faith in myself or believe in myself as well. Mm. Um, so I started dabbling a little bit um, in college. I actually had a marketing internship, which was not my major. I majored in film, like so obscure, clearly <laughs> not using it, but I love it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so a, a, a writer majoring in film with a yes. marketing internship. That that sounds that actually <laughs> is a kind of almost a prototypical kind of arc of people that are in a creative space, especially when it comes to media. Totally. And honestly, it all comes back to storytelling, especially, you know, with film. I didn't do film production. I did film studies. So I'm literally like a certified film nerd and I can talk about it. Same. Yeah, I love it. But it's all just about, for me, you know, like story or I'm sorry, movies, books, songs, art, all of it. That's how we tell the stories of human experience, you know. And you're not going to find that in a history book. You'll find facts. But we want to know how the people felt. So that's mm -hmm. what I've always been so passionate about. And from that marketing internship, um, it led me down a creative path doing um, social media content management, actual like marketing and PR. Um, I can do web design, graphic design, um, all of that kind of stuff. So that was mm -hmm. also... When I started working at TAG too, I had another, you know, post-college internship at a media company and I started managing a few social media accounts, writing blogs for them. And it slowly picked up into, you know, managing one or two business websites, writing their blogs. And then I guess outside of that, I think it was in 2018, one of my really good friends, um, she works for a company called Dotcom Therapy. It's a telehealth service company. They're amazing. She reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested in writing professional blogs for the CEO of the company. Mm. And that was the first, like, I did not find that job on my own. Somebody reached out to me and was like, you're a good fucking writer. You should. Hey, let's this. go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so from there, and again, that was, that was in 2018. So that was three years ago. Um, and it kind of snowballed and I would talk to people about writing, but I still, I lacked the confidence and the self-assurance that I, I could do this and that I even knew what the fuck I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And then this summer, um, you know, I had been a nanny for a few years. That's another fallback of mine. I taught preschool off and on from the time I was 17 until I was 27. And I'm, I love kids. I love kids, <laughs> restaurants and writing. <laughs> yeah. You um, like, you like very volatile environments. That's, that's yes. the one underlying <laughs> current there. You know, one of the things that's interesting that, that you said that makes sense now is you did all these different things and they kind of unfolded and you found this thing and the next thing. One of the things you learn in restaurants is how to wear a lot of hats. Yes. And, and so you're like, I'm I'm going to be the host, the busser. I'm going to be a food runner. I'm going to be a bar back. Like, I'm going to figure out all of the things to be able to get a 360 degree view. You looked at media and storytelling the same way. You had the film, you had the marketing, you had, yeah. you know, the social side, you had website and blog. So it makes sense in the way that you navigate any given uh, subject that you're trying to look at is you're looking at it from a 360 degree view and then figuring out what the human experience of that is. So it makes sense from a storytelling standpoint, yeah. the way that you approach story. So I want to make sure and highlight that. If you didn't notice that, I definitely noticed that. That <laughs> makes a ton of sense. I love that so much. That. I did not notice that, but that does make sense because, you know, it, in regards to working in restaurants and me wanting to try every position, I also did pastry prep chef. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, like it's interdisciplinary and every piece yes. is all it's like those little kid toys with the gears. Like mm -hmm. nothing is independent of anything else. Mm -hmm. And the more, you know, the better you're going to be. And another thing that I pride myself on in restaurants is having floor awareness. I can tell you at any given moment what table three, you know, if they're on appetizer, entree, their fourth round of drinks, 
um, how long it is until table one's going to leave, when we need to bring up the food for 12, you know, all of that, just having the full floor awareness is so yep. important. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense. Then now you're putting that discipline into the way that you tell stories. What is yes. the full floor awareness of this story or this person's singular experience or this group's experience together? And how do I then help navigate that pull at those threads? I think makes a ton of sense. So then you, you mentioned, let's get back to the, this summer, right? And, and all yes. of a sudden you're like, okay, maybe now it's time for me to to not necessarily fall back on all these things that I love and am comfortable with and have been good at, but do what I'm really truly meant to do, which is fucking scary, especially Whoa. when you're going into freelance world and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. <laughs> and the question of if money were no object, well, good thing you're in industries where there is no money. So that is the <laughs> object of, of our own personal like plight is, is trying to navigate that passion with the financial aspect of it. And you go on your own, you say, I'm going to trust and believe in myself, which I know is a huge step for you and any of us. So now you're on the other side of that. Now, you, now you're here. What's it like being a solopreneur, freelance on your own? How's it feel? Scary and uh, amazing? Yeah, both yeah. of those things. Well, like you pointed out, I like very volatile environments. So <laughs> honestly, like I had been nannying, um, and over the summer, I was like, I need to jump off the cliff because as long as I have nannying and that money coming in, I'm going to net. be using it. Yeah. As a safety net. So yeah, I jumped off the cliff. Um, I was telling one of my friends recently, I have never cried more in my life than I have in the past, like four to five months, but I've also simultaneously never been happier. Um, Isn't that the human experience? <laughs> yeah. Like when you're all the way in it, you're all the way in it and it hurts the most and it feels the best. It's every human emotion in that roller coaster. Well, and what I was never aware of and people don't tell you is, you know, you think it's going to be scary because of X, Y, and Z, like finding new clients, paying your bills, that kind of stuff. The scarier stuff is grappling with yourself and your emotions and your insecurities and like those internal mm -hmm. battles all come to the surface. Those are my biggest problems, again, with the self-confidence and and thinking that I deserve to do this. Um, so it's definitely, it's not for the faint of heart, but <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyone and everyone can do it too. You just, you literally have to take all of the safety nets away and jump. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. So it's scary. Um, it's hard. I've had like, I had a month where Edgar is going to come say hello. This is my What's up, Edgar? <laughs> I had a, like a month or a month and a half where I, I really started doubting myself. Um, and you know, I'm a big believer in like manifesting manifest destiny, if you will. Um, and that month was hard because I wasn't pulling in anything new. I wasn't writing for myself creatively, which is also something I do. Um, I'd like to write my own book someday. And I was just, I was fucking doubting everything. And a few weeks ago I sat down, I spent 50 hours over the course of four days rebuilding my website and re like branding me and KDO yeah. creative writing. And since then I've had about a handful of people reach out to me to work with me. And that's just been in the last few weeks. So mm -hmm. that just speaks to, you know, you're going to have those hard days where you don't believe in yourself, but you have to just keep on going and keep on trudging forward. 
That's it. <laughs> we, we, we threw your story now, articulated the, one of the things that was the most important for me through this 86, 86, 86 challenge, and especially working with you and the whole team was like, I felt that that self-doubt, the lack of self-worth, the, the amount we've been told, you're just a cook, shut up, you're only as good as your next plate, all of these different things in restaurants that are the vulnerability that we create for ourselves. And the toxic part of the culture yeah. is like, you're just you're just a body, you're just a hand, you're barely a cog important enough to like be a part of this industry, this business, this this community. And so that was the biggest thing that we have struggled with was getting people to say like your story matters. And not only does it matter, you should tell it. And not only should you tell it, we want to hear it. And not only do we want to hear it, we'll publish it and we'll pay you. $86 for your words. It's been very hard for people to wrap their head around this. And so many people, hundreds of people have told me I'm writing an article. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I just know I go right into their head and just doubt, doubt, excuses, excuses. And we set deadlines for people. Uh, and the day after the deadline, they would hit me up and be like, oh, I'm so bummed that I missed the deadline. And I go, <laughs> you know what? You know what? Katie said she's happy to extend the deadline for mm -hmm. you. And I can see them go, oh, shit called my bluff like now i gotta figure it out and, and a handful of those people said all right you know what i will write it because the follow-up and the follow-through and so that was an important aspect of it so you just mentioned this and i want you to just take a couple moments as we kind of wrap this like speak to yourself which is what you just did speak to all those people in the restaurant the person who trained you to be a busser the person that you you had a great experience when they were waiting uh, on you at a certain restaurant and you said, you know what, like you're the best storyteller I've ever had. You cracked this up the entire time. These people don't realize that the stories that they tell within their community, within their restaurant are exactly what we want. So maybe speak to them for a moment because we need more of them to tell their story. And Katie yes. has been here and will be here to help you bring it to life. <laughs> I will. Well, one thing that Andrew Parr has always like talked about, um, and kind of brought to a forefront in my mind is just how important food is in all of our lives, no matter where you live in the world. Like we are coming around the table for every fucking occasion, like happy, sad, whatever. And when you're working in a restaurant, you get to help like curate that experience for your guest. And that, you know, you have no idea what they're celebrating, not celebrating if it's a Tuesday or they just got engaged. You have no right. idea, right. but you get to be a player in their game and you get to see things, you know, but behind the curtain in front of the curtain, like everything that's happening fucking matters. And every story, no matter how small or how big matters. Um, the other really fun thing that I've had with the 86 um, project uh, specifically is hearing all the different types of storytelling um, and all the different types of stories. You know, one article I edited was talking about how um, a movie about octopus was changing people's dining and people were not wanting to order like calamari anymore. Another uh, one was my, my octopus teacher. Uh, you can yes. find it on Netflix. Abby Romer, who also was part of the tag and, and all of that, wrote that yes. story. Brilliant story really unique perspective it wasn't just a food story yes keep going awesome. yeah no that was amazing another story was about a private chef on a yacht like that's insane and how many people are ever going to get to hear that perspective you know mm -hmm. so that's why 
we all have such individual, unique lives and experiences. And then on top of that, you know, our experiences are unique, but the way that we view our experience and the way that we communicate it is experience. Uh, I'm sorry, unique. And that's why it's so important. Like every story that I read, I was just floored by. Also, when I first signed on to be an editor, I was like, okay, this is going to be a lot of work. You know, I'm going to have to basically rewrite these things. I did not have to touch most people's stuff. I know. Like, you know, a few like grammar, spelling, rearranging of sentences. Mm -hmm. That was it. People are so much better than they give themselves credit for too. Yes. Oh, Katie, that's the sound bite right there. That's that's the <laughs> audiogram that we're pulling. Sophie, make sure we get that. Because that's exactly it. People don't give themselves enough credit, you know? And we were very, very motivated to make sure that your story is your story. So yes. we had to kind of step back from all of you are trained in like AP style and very structured, very rigid, very disciplined, uh, very recreatable. But we said we need to have a fluidity in the way that we support these voices. They need to feel like this is their true story. And we'll make sure there's just enough composition and structure that, that it's sound in its writing. But I was so impressed by these stories and these oh writers. Gosh. You know, some of them were simple and straightforward and narrative style. Some were coming at it with, with with more of like uh anthropological view of their own experience some of them were looking at it like they were they were telling a story looking through a fishbowl lens like there was all these different perspectives and i don't think they even knew what style of writing that they were approaching it was just how they felt like they could tell their story that was it yeah seriously for everyone listening right now i encourage you to at least get on the website right now and pick five stories at random to read this second and then after that like schedule time to read all of them because they are all so freaking good and touch on so many different topics some of them like another one i edited was talking about you know like anxiety and depression and how we deal with that in the industry and it's compounded by the fact that like drugs and alcohol are also very prevalent and that was like the vulnerability and rawness and authenticity in that people are craving that so much right now. And yes. that was amazing to hear or read rather too. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's three of the articles. We got Abby Romer writing about uh, uh, my octopus teacher from perspective. Tanner Price was the one that wrote about the, uh, being a chef on a yacht and Tanner and yourself were the first two guest writers we ever had like last year on the blog. So yes. excited that Tanner could write another story and we'll get all these stories linked up. So we'll, we'll give you your starter kit of 86, 86, 86 challenge. And then once you start down that rabbit hole, you're just going to be compelled. Every single article, there's also a to write your own article. We want you to submit your article, 250, 500 words. I've seen a lot of you posting Facebook posts longer than that. So I know that you <laughs> can write a story. Uh, Katie, so great. Uh, you also are a motivational speaker, even though I know you don't like speaking, you want to, to be behind the words, but you absolutely uh, motivated several people. Somebody's going to hear this episode and write their story. <laughs> and that matters. It really does. So thank you for that. Thank you. All right, Katie, appreciate you. Edgar, appreciate the cameo from you as well. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much, Katie. You have a great thank rest you. of your day. We'll let you go. Okay. Bye. All right, everyone, that is it for this episode. Katie O'Hara, uh, somebody who so grateful once again. Gratitude is the word of all of these episodes, especially around the 86, 86, 86 Challenge. That's their podcast, 359. Meet the team with Katie O'Hara. Tell your best story, episode number 18. 
getting to talk to all the editors, all four of the editors is amazing because they're amazing people and they're supporting amazing people, bringing their stories to life. It's hard. It's challenging. There's so much self-doubt. It's worth it. Do it. Appreciate you all. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.